Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome inside Sports Radio 93.7. The fan, Bob Pompiani here. Matty Ice on the other side of the glass. So Ice Glass, there he is. He's waiting to go take your calls at 412-928-9370. You can also tweet me this morning, at KD Pomp. And our show is brought to you by the good people of Allegheny Health Network, Health for All, PNC Bank for the Achiever in you. And we are driven by number one Cochrane. You can always go one better at number one Cochrane. And we'd like to welcome our new sponsors in, the good people of Window Nation. Check them out at windownation.com. 412-928-9370. We're talking a lot of football this weekend, of course. There's a big game coming up, and at 1130, it's going to be Chris Muller and Doran Dickerson with you with Panther pregame, and that's in advance of Pitt-Notre Dame today, 2.30 on national television. The Panthers coming off a very, very big win for them. Um, as ugly as it was at times against Syracuse, that was a Syracuse team that had almost upset Clemson the week before, maybe an emotional downer, although they jumped out to a 14-0 lead in that game. Pitt stormed back. They end up winning that game in overtime, 44-37. So for Pitt, that was potentially a bowl-saving win for them. But today, this is a different assignment. Although Pitt under Pat Narduzzi, of course, has had their opportunities and have taken advantage of some teams they weren't supposed to beat, like last year Miami, year before that, Clemson down there. Um, So they've been good about coming up with these kind of doozy wins, but they've not been good enough when beating teams in your own coastal uh, division of this ACC conference. And, and therein lies what Pitt has to do more of. They have to win the games. They're supposed to win and not just pull an occasional upset. If you're Pat Narduzzi, you have to beat North Carolina. I've watched enough North Carolina since then, and they're not very good at all, but Pitt lost to them. There are certain games on their schedule, if you're going to take the next step, that you have to win year in and year out. And right now, they're not doing that. So that puts them in this little quandary of being 3-3 three and three and Likely three and four, but I'd like to get your thoughts about Pitt-Notre Dame and what Pitt must do to win that game. Notre Dame is undefeated. Are they that good? And should they be penalized for not playing in a conference? That's a debate that comes up yearly. We talk about it yearly. But they have a pretty good schedule. And if you if you look at their schedule and put it up against a lot of teams in a lot of Power 5 conferences, you will notice it's better than a lot of those teams. So I don't have a problem with it necessarily. If they're that good, if they've beaten beaten three ranked teams, you can argue Virginia Tech isn't as good as it was or should be, but they were ranked. Uh, So is Stanford. So is Michigan. Those are good strength of schedule people to have on your schedule, and Notre Dame does, and they beat them all. So they deserve where they are. I have no problems with it. Penn State, that's one thing they've done well under James Franklin. They win the games they're supposed to win. They've developed that reputation. Um, you know, you got to now you have to consistently go up against the big dogs and beat them as well. Michigan State will be their opponent today. Penn State still big thoughts and big aspirations for the rest of this season. And of course, the sleeping dog here is West Virginia. They are the only undefeated team left in their conference. They take on Iowa State tonight, and they have an outstanding quarterback wide receiver combination. Greer is definitely in contention for Heisman, although he's not my front runner. He makes too many mistakes for that to happen, but he's really talented. They're undefeated. Can they run the table? And if so, what happens to them? So we'll get into all those topics, as well as tomorrow's big game, the Steelers and the Bengals at 412-928-9370. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals are a very interesting team. They showed a lot of uh, heart, which is something we haven't seen all that much of over the last several years. But last week, down 17-0 at home to a Miami team that is now looking like a fraud, even though they started well. To me, you can basically judge NFL teams before 
the halfway mark of the season. But you have to sometimes wait until the halfway mark of the season. Uh, we see too many examples of teams that start quickly and then fade. We saw that last year with Kansas City. What will Kansas City be this year? Are they going to be able to go to New England and win? That's an interesting game for a Sunday night game and one of the better ones they've had this season. New England seems to have it together now. And when you're going against Tom Brady in Foxborough, the chances of you winning are not very good. But Kansas City has a good uh, defense, and they also have a young quarterback who has proven to be kind of uh, unshakable. Uh, When you think you have him, you don't rattle him. He's very good on his feet. He knows when to move the pocket. He doesn't just run to run. He's got a cannon arm, and he's got some receivers who believe in him 100%. So that's that's a good combination if you're Andy Reid. So it's going to be an interesting football weekend. But we're, of course, concentrating on the Steelers and Cincinnati. And the first question, aside from all this week, the Antonio Brown drama, which every week there's a different chapter, would be, do the Steelers go there and win? A place they've dominated, 17-3 and in Cincinnati over the last 20 visits there. It seems like they play their best football there, and the Bengals play their best football here in Pittsburgh. This is a game that the Steelers are coming off feeling pretty good about themselves last week, in which their defense played well, in which their defense became more aggressive. The coaching staff trusted their corners and their safety to cover, and they did. They covered for the most part. One big play, and that was it in that game, was a 43-yard touchdown to Sanu, and that was about it. And that was a a result of a good play call, I thought, by Atlanta, and they executed it well. Uh, Pittsburgh has given up a lot of big plays, but those are kinds of things that have kind of minimized as the season has gone on, and that's a good sign for them. If they can get a win and get the 3-2-1 facing a bye week, they're in really good shape. And, of course, the bye week will produce even more drama, and that will be the return of Le'Veon Bell. And the question that we've all been asking, but if you'd like to sound off, call. This is your show. I like to take calls and debate. It's 412-928-9370. What do you do? How do you insert Le'Veon Bell? What should his role be to start versus James Conner? Hypothetically, James Conner goes out and has another really good game tomorrow. Who's your starter when they return from the bye week? I said this on the Cook and Joe show on Monday. And I'll say it until I'm proven wrong about it. James Conner needs to start. It's as simple as that. It's also a blessing in disguise, potentially, for this team. You know that Le'Veon Bell is going to move on. So this is it with him. He may want, he may be really driven for a lot of reasons. He should be. He should be driven to show that, hey, if you're going to buy me in the offseason, you're not buying some guy who's just decided to quit on his team and come in and not want to hurt his body. If you do, then I'd have bigger concerns. $95 million contracts that we see with Odell Beckham Jr. could not necessarily change the way a person is. It's a dangerous business to get in. Disappointed to listen to Odell Beckham Jr. the other day, soon after the ink dried on his new $95 million deal, asked after the game about what he thought about, number one, his quarterback, and gave a bad answer, I thought, at least publicly, and number two, what he thought about staying in New York. He says, ah, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know, are you happy here? I don't know. Really? You just signed a $95 million deal. And you've been known to take plays off. You've been known to disappear in big games. And you're questioning your your new contract or where you are? Come on. Well, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is that kind. I think he's going to come in here and want to play and play well. And that serves them well. They're going to have a fresh running back going down the stretch. And if they do that, that is something that they could utilize. It's good to have fresh legs at the end of the year, a long year in the NFL. And so I think that would help James Conner. I do not start Le'Veon Bell. And if James Conner continues to play well, then I divvy up the carries. Yes, Le'Veon Bell will be in there. Yes, if you're asking me who's more talented, it's Le'Veon Bell. But 
I go with what's rocking me. What's rocking me right now is James Conner and an offensive line that seems to believe in him and open holes that he follows. 412-928-9370. So that's a tight game. The Cincinnati Bengals and Steelers, three-and-a-half point spread, or maybe it's three now. But I'm liking the Steelers. I do. I just think there's something about them going there and winning there. Roethlisberger's had big success there. Can Andy Dalton continue to do what he's doing? And that's a pretty good uh, offense. Don't underestimate Tyler Boyd, by the way. Tyler Boyd, is he has turned into one of the best number two guys. And if you're willing to cover A.J. Green like a blanket, which I'm sure the Steelers want to do with Joe Hayden, like they did last week with Julio Jones, then Tyler Boyd is a big option for them. And he's come up. He's, he's a possession receiver who goes down the field, knows where the sticks are, and makes things happen. I think that's outstanding for them, especially that Tyler Eifert is out once again. If that guy was in there, then this offense could be unstoppable. They're that good, in my opinion. We also have the antics of Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. What will it go to this time? How much animosity will show itself on the field? And I'm sure if you're Vontez Burfecht, you still have that Juju Smith-Schuster hit in your head. He was, he was disgraced with that hit. He was blindsided. Juju stood over him. Juju looked down at him. Juju basically said, you're roadkill to me, my man. And you know that. Vontez Burfick is going to be reminded of that. How far will he take it? Can he cross the line? Does that work? Joey Porter will be all over him. I guarantee you yelling from the sidelines about him. <laughs> just because he's still a coach who trash talks. So can he control himself? Can he just be there and not take a penalty? We'll find out. It should be outstanding uh, TV to watch, um, even though this game has changed quite a bit with regard to how you're allowed to hit and what you're allowed to hit. We'll talk about Steeler fines coming up, and once again, one of the most ridiculous ones I saw yesterday. It's all next. Call now, 412-928-9370. This is the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 